So what happens when a podcaster can't sleep? Well, you end up with these kind of podcasts. Just a very simple audio podcast, no video production, no notes, no graphics. Just me, a microphone, and me checking out the news and commenting on certain news of entertainment. Whatever that may be. Some days it'll be Star Wars, it'll be Game of Thrones, like it will be tonight. Other days it might be the comics or whatever I feel like talking about. Because this is a very non-scripted, nonchalant, I'm tired and I need to get my brain on something else for a little while to help make me tired. So, I'm just join me as I read along and just give you my thoughts on whatever's out there. So let's check out what's going on in the Star Wars world. First headline I see, Disney could lose in box office a battle between Star Wars and Aquaman 2. I don't see that being much of a threat. Um, I don't know a whole lot of people that will go, oh, I'm sorry, I can only pick one. It's only it's between Aquaman 2 or Star Wars Episode 9. I'm not going to see both. I think there's plenty of room and plenty of money in the pocket for, for both franchises. Um, I could see maybe might take a hit maybe between repeat showings, maybe, but I doubt it. I really, I think, you know, everybody says, well, obviously Star Wars isn't bulletproof after Solo. Well, Solo was just poorly done all the way around. Um, it wasn't even Star Wars fatigue. It was a concerted effort by the fan base and a rebellion after what happened in episode eight. Um, is basically what happened. It had nothing to do with the release date, if you ask me. There was very poor marketing that also went with Solo, though, because Solo came out at the same time as Infinity War did, and there was no marketing there. You know, they did very little marketing up against that. They didn't have anything as far as toys or the end dials, because it was all taken by Infinity War. Disney was fighting itself, and Luca and Solo got the, the Solo, you got Love with Left Solo by itself, with very little help. So, I, I think Solo, in the end, is a, um, it's, it's a victim of Backlash Alpha 8 and incredibly bad marketing and incredibly bad, um, teaser releases, uh, or, you know, trailer release. There was, you know, it was all done way too late. And um, and I know some of that has to do with the whole project was rushed and was then redone. You know, when they got they had to bring in Ron Howard to clean it up, clean up the mess when they fired uh, the other directors, which I can't think of their names right now. But um, the guys from Lego Movie. But yeah, uh, I don't think there's any problem here. I don't think there's any problem. Period with that. I don't think you're going to see any. Maybe some minor impact, but nothing huge. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. Oh, John Williams gives his reaction to episode 9. Let's take a closer look at that. Okay, looks like John has recorded 25 minutes of episode 9, which, of course, is The Skywalker Rises. Um, looks like he says it looks very good so far because he always gets the rough cut. He gets that, and then he starts writing his music based on what he sees. That's how he does it. And that's all it is. Um, <laughs> and that's obviously a biased reaction because, he, you know, obviously it's coming from John. But it's still, hey, it's, it's, it beats a blank, right? 
Um, so I guess that's encouraging somewhat. It's going to be hard to say goodbye to John Williams, though. I tell you what, um, this is apparently his last Star Wars project, his last Star Wars movie that he's going to write music for, at least an entire um, symphonic score anyway. I'm, I'm sure they might bring him out of retirement for a single score here or there to help, maybe to help out. I really wish they had somebody sat down with John and said, pick an apprentice, pick anybody you want. And for the next, for this trilogy of Star Wars movies, starting with Episode Seven, Rogue One, etc., you're going to work seven, eight, and nine. You're going to work with somebody to to pass on your knowledge to. You know, a kind of a passing of the baton because he is up there in age, and he's I think he's in his mid eighties now. Uh, you know, so I want John Williams to live forever. He's a he's a master. He, he, I'm a guy who really appreciates soundtracks in, in movies. And I easily relate certain themes and songs in movies, especially ones I've seen multiple times, like Star Wars, and I can associate the scenes that go with them in my mind rather easily. And, um, you know, I've often heard it said from other podcasts and other Star Wars fans that that John Williams' music is really the oxygen that... That, that Star Wars lives off of. Um, you know, there's obviously other... The story is is the second part, and visual effects is another, but but it's the music. It's the music is what drives the story, because John's trying to tell you a story all unto himself. And um, if you've ever um, not listened to uh, David W. Collins and Jimmy Mack uh, from Rebel Reforce Radio, they did a series called Star Wars Oxygen, was actually the name. And I highly recommend those. Go listen to those. And then David's kind of spun off his own series called The Soundtrack Show, which he covers more than just Star Wars. But the ones he did with Jimmy Mack were golden. I'm not saying Dave's on his own isn't isn't good. He, he still is. He just he was him and Jim were just perfect together. And it was like there again, it was master and apprentice. You know, it was like David was teaching Jimmy about music. Jimmy didn't know a whole lot about music. He appreciated the Star Wars soundtrack, but David was able to take him to another level, and you were along for that ride, that student and teacher thing, and uh, master and apprentice thing, if you will, and it was just nice to to hear that back and forth and that banter, and, and it, it's missing from his new show, the, the soundtrack show, which is still good, and I still recommend it, but um, yeah, that is definitely uh, missing, and so so go find the Star Wars Oxygen first on the Real Force radio feed. You might have to dig for it a little bit. Um, but it's that those are the ones you want to start with, especially if you're any kind of fan of Star Wars music whatsoever. Um, yeah, because David's going to take you on. He gets into the liner notes of the soundtracks and and just takes a really deep dive into, uh, into what John's trying to tell you because John's trying to tell you the Star Wars story through his music. That's the funny part about it, and you don't even realize it um, half the time because you're you're caught up in the, the movie as a whole. But uh, but John's also he's a storyteller through his music, and that's that's the crazy thing about it. That just makes it that much more special. And uh, man, is it going to be hard to let him go? And uh, you know, at first with the you know that first movie without his his, his tutelage show was uh, you know that Rogue One, which was I actually when I first saw it. It's really is a an A a movie that I would should have given an A. I gave it a B because I thought the soundtrack was lacking, and it wasn't that I, the soundtrack's actually been growing on me a lot because I've been listening to it a lot more, 
and uh, I've come to realize what um, uh, the composer, I can't think of his name, it's with the G, uh, he does all the Star Treks as well, but I know what he was going for now. It just took me a long time to figure it out. And be, but it was just such a difference even between him, and he's a really good composer, and John. That lack, you know, just it just, it did. It took me, I actually took notice of it during the movie and watching the movie. It's like, this is completely different. This is never heard anywhere else. This isn't connected anywhere. What story is he trying to tell me here? This is supposed to be connected to four. And actually, he was connecting it to four. I just didn't realize it because I had forgotten how different um, episode four, the original Star Wars is from the rest of the Star Wars movies as far as the soundtrack and the the themes and the Death Star theme, aka Vader's theme, and and you know before the Imperial March and and all that fun stuff. But it's it's all right there for you. Um, but yeah, it's definitely check those out though, as far as music and um, man, it's uh, it's gonna be hard to to see the new era of Star Wars without John and. Uh, Hopefully they can find somebody that does the same thing that John does. You know, at least tries to tell the story through the music as well. And really owns up to that. Because that's part of the mythos of Star Wars. And if they just they get away from that, yeah, it just won't be Star Wars. Um, at least not the level of Star Wars I'm used to. So, but um, anyway, I'll, I'll see. I'm just rambling and I'm going on and on and on about, you know... Just reading here off the news. This is what it's all. This podcast is going to be about, and it's going to be a limited release. I'm not going to do a whole lot of them, uh, but uh, you know, whenever I can't sleep, hey, you guys are along for the ride with me here. Um, this is kind of cool. Disney will use stormtroopers to police Star Wars land time limit. So what are they going to do? They're going to like arrest you and drag you off. That'd be pretty funny. Feel like. He's a, you are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. You've also been here for more than 30 minutes. Take him away. Um, yeah, that's kind of a cool, cool thing, especially to get Vader involved or something. I, I get a kick out of that. Um, but yeah, I think it's like a 30-minute limit or three, no, three-hour limit. I'm sorry, three hours. So I guess if you go beyond your three hours, watch out. The Stormtroopers will find you, and they will kick you out. Um, so that's the other reason I'm waiting. I'm kind of waiting for like 2021 before i go number one i have to save up the money and save up my points on my disney credit card and uh you know just to make it happen um you know because you're gonna drop every bit of 10k if not more at disneyland that's disney world etc so and hopefully by then they'll have the kinks worked out and you know have the crowd you know the crowd should die down a little bit I'm hoping by then, and it'll be between, it'll be before the new set of Star Wars. It'll be a couple of years after Episode Nine. It'll be right before the uh, twenty twenty two. I think is when the new set of Star Wars film starts. So I'm hoping that's what I'm going to aim for is that twenty twenty one summer, and uh, hopefully I can take uh, at least me and my daughter and uh, really immerse ourselves into uh, Star Wars land, as it were. I uh, did. You know, I, we went to Star Wars Celebration. We had a really good time, despite some some issues with how it was run as far as getting into some of the panels. But other than that, I mean, I had a lot of fun, and it was it was like Star Wars overload for for even for me. 
Um, there was just some really cool cosplay and all, or some really cool people that we met too. And, uh, Joe, if by some chance you're listening to this podcast, uh, from, uh, up Northeast there in Connecticut, I believe it was really cool to meet you and your wife. And, uh, hopefully we can reconnect my friend. Um, I know we didn't get a chance to talk too much once we moved the line moved and we kind of got separated a little bit. And especially once we got into the panel that day. But uh, it was really cool meeting you and your wife, and I had uh, it was really awesome because you know Joe actually, you know, offered my daughter a pin, one of the collector's pins, and my daughter went right for the emperor, which is probably one of the coolest ones they had, and he was very cool about. It. I was like, Gabby, why don't you pick another one? And and he was like, No, 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 yeah, you want it, you can have that, and uh, that was just really cool. That just it was so nice to be around other Star Wars fans, especially when we watched the, uh, the episode, uh, nine video, um, together, the, the, the trailer, the teaser trailer, fantastic. And what, what better environment than to be surrounded by a bunch of other fanatical Star Wars fans. Uh, it just takes it to a whole new level. And that's the way all the panels work. The Clone Wars panel was the same way. Uh, even the, uh, uh, resistance panel, which, Resistance isn't the greatest series right now. It has a lot of problems, but you know, even watching that with a bunch of Star Wars fans, although much younger than me, um, still, you know, just that excitement and that feeling. And uh, so, if you get if you've never been to a Star Wars celebration, prepare yourself. It's a convention, so you know it's gonna it's gonna be like a convention, you know. But it's it really is pretty cool, um, and there's some really nice people. There was a nice couple that was from Las Vegas we met that, uh, you know, their cafeteria was obviously packed and full. We couldn't find a table, and they offered – we just sat down with them, complete strangers, and we had a lunch. We had a nice conversation with them as well. So, you know, just random strangers that are just having to be Star Wars fans. You know, that was our common link, and, you know, we got to meet some really cool people that way. And uh, if you haven't been to a Star Wars celebration – I don't think we're going to make the next one in Anaheim. It's just too soon. And, I, you know, it, it costs quite a bit of money for the one in Chicago. I dropped dropped a lot of money there. And I don't think I have time to save up to go to the one in Anaheim. But, uh, but yeah, if you ever get a chance to go, go. Because they are – it really is pretty cool. And uh, just for – even if you're just into the merchandise and pins and T-shirts and hats and stuff. I'm more of a T-shirt and hat kind of guy, but if you like collectible items, there's plenty of that there too. There's all kinds of neat exhibits and uh, things like that and new video games that came out and uh, like Jedi Fallen Order. It was a great trailer for that. Um, there was the Vader Immortal. We didn't do too much with that, but that looked really badass um, with that. I can't wait to... Uh, that 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 game almost makes me want to go out and buy the the VR. I haven't quite made that step. I have a, a whole lot, but that would that uh, that whole Vader Immortal thing can get you know my hands on as far as VR equipment because that just sounds pretty damn badass. Uh, so, but yeah, so that's pretty cool. Let's see what else is going on. Let's be. Anyway. Uh, the Game of Thrones writer should not be writing a Star Wars uh, movie. And what are you basing this off of? This comes from the Mary Sue. Yeah, it sounds like a real credible thing. Okay. 
I don't know if that's the most credible source to be looking at. I guess they're they're uh they're talking about uh, you know, David Benoff and D.B. Weiss, I guess, about how they've handled the Game of Thrones, if I'm reading this right, how they handled the Game of Thrones series since they've left the books. I guess they're basically trying to say that they won't be good in Star Wars because of what they've done with Game of Thrones. Uh, you know what? I've actually enjoyed it. Um, yeah, it's not quite as dark, and it's not quite as, um, you know... <laughs> They haven't killed off as many of the fan favorites. Uh, I'll give them that uh, as far as Game of Thrones is concerned. But you know what? They're at a different point in the story, though, too. You know, they've basically been handling the wrap-up, right? I think we've been out of the book since, what, season six? So really six, seven, and now eight is the, is the end. You know, it's the end of Game of Thrones. So that's a completely different... You can't really kill off a lot of main characters. You maybe one here or two there, but you can't can't do a whole lot when you're getting towards the end until you get to like this season when you start killing off half the cast in one episode. <laughs> um, spoiler alerts, I guess I, not really, but, but yeah, so I think they're doing just fine. Um, especially if this last, I know a lot of people didn't have, a, didn't like the, the episode five with the bells. I, I don't understand it. That's a great twist. I'm not going to give anything away, but that's a great twist right there. I mean, you know, the person, you know, you root for a certain character for seasons from the beginning, and yeah, the person doesn't turn out to be who you think the person is, you know, great, that's great storytelling, you know what, I like that kind of thinking, you know, that's, maybe Star Wars could definitely use a little dose of that, you know, that's more, um, that's kind of a darker tone than George would paint, because George wrote the movies for 12-year-olds, but you know, this is what the fan base has been asking for, is more adult-themed, darker Star Wars. So, um, be careful what you wish for, I guess. Um, I'm not sure. Of course, like I said, this thing's called the Mary Sue, so I don't know how credible of a source I'm going to... I've never even heard of it. Of course, if it's the whole Mary Sue thing, then that's... You know, that's that whole thing with Ray's at Mary Sue and blah, blah, blah... That in itself is a lot of a lot of crap, if you ask me. Anyway, so <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah, so whatever. That, that that's just funny. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to dive in too much more into that. That's just going to get me all riled up and uh, not not uh, give me any closer to sleep here. Um, so so yeah. All right. Um, what happens to Star Tours after Galaxy Edge opens? That's a good question. I don't know. I've never been to Disney World so, or Disneyland yet, so I would like to ride Star Tours. But um, hey, if we got to give up Star Tours to get this new, you know, Galaxy's Edge, uh, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, sorry, Star Tours. Uh, you know, hit the road if that's the case. Um, of course, I never rode it, but still, I'd be more than happy to give that up. I mean, they're going to have. You know, you have all these people doing role-playing. I've heard stories of get to build your own lightsaber. You're going to be able, at some point, I guess before, once they get the time restrictions off, you'll be immersed. You immerse yourself in, like, role-playing. I feel like if you want to be a Jedi, you can go around doing a mission as a Jedi. If you want to be a bounty hunter, you get to do that. You know, it sounds pretty pretty cool. Um you know, hey, if you're going to do it, you, if you're going to spend that kind of money 
to be at Disney World anyway, why not? You know, <laughs> might as well go all out. Might as well be five years old again, running around with a fake blaster in your hands and pretend you're Han Solo yelling, Chewie, look, get me out of here, punch it, Chewie. You know, who cares? Yeah, if that's what you want to do, go for it. You know? After all, that's why we love Star Wars so much anyway. It reminds us of our childhood. It reminds us of days that were so much better. <laughs> so much better than they are now. That's for damn sure. Parents are right, man. You know how good you got it. Yeah. They were right. They were right. Alright. Well, it doesn't look like there's a whole lot else going on right now. Everything's kind of slowed down news-wise since... Uh, you know, celebration kind of really popped out some really cool stuff. Obviously, you know, we had the Mandalorian as well. Um, that looks amazing. That looks like something. Now that is like I, I think Solo is somewhat of a love letter to the original fans. I think Mandalorian is at a whole nother level, and I think that's a true love letter to the original fans. The amount of detail that's going into this thing, the amount of um, stuff that. Uh, that Dave, Dave Filoni is involved, number one, and Dave has done Clone Wars, and he has done Rebels. And if you haven't seen those animated series yet, oh my god, stop what you're doing. Go out and buy them on DVD right now. Eventually they'll be on the Disney Plus service, I have no doubt. If you can wait till the fall, we'll do that then. But I'm telling you, some of the, not all of them, obviously, because they are made for kids, but some of the, the major storylines done in both series both cartoon series is some of the best star wars storytelling period and yes i'm including the movies with that i'm telling you this man dave filoni if you don't know who he is he uh he's the like i said he comes out of animation but he's for years he worked with george lucas he george lucas trained him literally he's george lucas's padawan when you get right down to it he learned at the feet of the master the master taught him how to write Star Wars. And a lot of people are like, well, George kind of sucks at writing Star Wars. No, George doesn't suck at writing Star Wars. George just isn't the best with dialogue. And he may be not the best director as far as directing, you know, to try to get the best performances. But as far as story treatment, there's nobody better. Let me tell you, because some of the stuff that came out of Clone Wars is amazing. But he worked with George in Clone Wars. He's going back to finish Clone Wars now. But the whole Rebels series... Maybe not as animated as well, because not as much money was thrown at it as uh, Clone Wars is. But you want to talk about some some great starting up, building out of Clone Wars. It's like Dave kind of finished a lot of his stuff that he wanted to do in Clone Wars and Rebels. Just advancing it, you know, a few years. And uh, wow. And it really, really pays off well. Um, yeah. And this guy, so Dave, this same guy is now making his transition with John Favreau. Favreau, I can't ever say his last name. Anyway, but him and John are getting together. The guy who created Iron Man, who helped launch the MCU. Yeah, that John. They're working together on The Mandalorian. And Dave's, uh, he's making his transition into live action and I, I think that's great i think he should be given his own live action series someday and if he does well there then his own movie someday even because the man understands star wars he understands it inside and out he under and he understands the star wars fan because he is one and i think he's often said that uh if he wasn't doing what he was doing he'd be at the these conventions dressed up as plow coon 
you know, because that's his, one of his favorite Star Wars characters from the Clone Wars. Anyway, I digress. I'm um, off on another tangent. But, yeah, so these two have gotten together, and they're making The Mandalorian. We got to see about nine minutes of that from the first episode. It looks pretty good. Um, it looks like a Star Wars Western, um, you know, gritty. Yeah, you're going to be out in space, and you're going to be in doing all the the typical Star Wars stuff, and there's some great special effects, but it has a real gritty Western feel to it, despite all that. It's a, it's a soap opera meets a Western um, kind of a feel to it, which is kind of what Solo is, but this one, they got a lot more time to develop the characters, and, uh, yeah, uh, so they're, you know, really, really dive deep, um, because I, I imagine even if it's eight, Eight episodes, that's, what, an eight-hour Star Wars movie? If it's ten, it's even better. It's a ten-hour Star Wars movie, if not longer. So, it's hard for me to describe what I saw. Um, but, uh, I mean, if you, you remember, if you guys know who Salacious B. Crumb is, uh, he's a monkey lizard. Well, they, the whole episode starts off with somebody roasting a monkey lizard in the background. Crazy amount of detail goes into this thing it's attention to detail and uh i could definitely see dave throwing in a lot of cool stuff because he's done that in the animation too he's brought stuff he's cherry picked from the legends you know legends which is the old eu right you know and everybody was upset i was a little upset too because everybody invested so much time and energy in that and then saw it wasted and just saw it you know thrown to the wayside and uh dave's been bringing things back into canon slowly you know and putting his own twist and turn on it a little bit too to make it a little bit better or to fit whatever media and story he's trying to tell um but um so i'm incredibly excited uh, about that and i think that's gonna be the big thing that that uh tides us it's gonna be right before episode nine so we're gonna get this we'll get episode nine uh, they're doing a Cassian Andor series, apparently, like uh, before Rogue One. Could be interesting. Could be really dark, actually. It's supposed to be like a spy th- thriller. But, you know, he talks about all this horrible stuff he did in Rogue One, and we see a little bit of it, you know, just to be help the Rebellion get off its feet in the early days. And that could be pretty interesting to see, and that could be really dark and gritty, too. Um, I know a lot of people aren't really asking for it. I know it wasn't the first thing I thought of because we all want the Holy Grail, right? Everybody wants Kenobi. Uh, whether it's, you know, we want Kenobi on Tatooine. We want to see that, whether it's in the movie or it's in the Disney Plus streaming. Um, personally, I think the streaming is probably a better format, even if it's just a six-episode, seven-episode kind of thing because you get real talk about diving deep talk about you know diving into his training with Qui-Gon which we learned you know in episode three from the Yoda trains Obi-Wan how to do that just to get a little bit more mythology from that what is happening you know how is he dealing with losing his well basically his son I mean he trained the kid he calls him you're my brother Anakin but really it's a father-son relationship you know imagine your kid just up and doing the absolute worst thing you could possibly think of. And then he had to fight his own kid and, and basically cut off all his limbs and leave him for dead, you know, and what does that do? And now he's watching over his son, you know, out of guilt almost, uh, you know, that's just, a, that's, that's some real meat and bones kind of stuff, you know, that, uh, adult Star Wars fans would love to dig into. It would be nice to see him, you know, 
there's a book out there already called Kenobi, which is Legends, and they could borrow some of the stuff from that. That would be kind of cool because in that he fights some Tusken Raiders and uh, a Kree Dragon even, which was kind of interesting. Um, but, you know, throw some of that stuff in, throw some other stuff. You know, maybe he does go off-world. Maybe they just keep it on Tatooine as a another kind of gr- gritty kind of Western, like a, you know, he has to watch over Luke and maybe he gets into it because we know at some point Uncle Owen says that's enough and uh, doesn't like him hanging around Luke. It doesn't want Luke anywhere near him. So, you know, we could see some of that. It's a lot of different things you could do. You could see a, you know, Kenobi going up against Jabba, maybe, you know, or certain elements of Jabba, you know, trying to, and then trying to keep his secret safe. And yeah, all kinds of crazy stuff they could do there. Um, so, but that's that's what everybody wants. Rumor is that's going to the streaming service, which uh, again I'm cool with that. So let, let's see that bring that on Disney um, for sure. So, okay, well I think I'm pretty much exhausted. Just many of these headlines I've just been kind of looking up here on Google. Nothing, nothing crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, so. Um, this has been, uh, you know, I guess, uh, <laughs> be Willie after dark or maybe star Wars after dark. I'm not sure what I'm going to call it yet. Um, cause we've been mostly talking here about star Wars so maybe that's what this becomes star Wars after dark or, you know, maybe, uh, star Wars insomnia. That sounds better. There you go. Star Wars insomnia. So you've been listening to the very first ever episode of me and my random thoughts on star Wars and, uh, what I'm calling Star Wars Insomnia. So um, until the next time I can't sleep, so I'm not sure when that's going to be. Like I said, it's just going to be a limited podcast release. So uh, you've been listening to, uh, I'm your host, B. Willie, and as always, may the force be with you.